This is the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast interview with Carolyn Keeble. And she would just jam. It was amazing. And I, you know, I can only say if I had not included that in our sessions together, it would have been very different. The whole thing, the, the way in which it connected with her and the meaning that it brought to that experience for her family, um, for me and for her and the whole situation, you know, was deeply enhanced because we included drums and percussion in what we were doing. And I have dozens upon hundreds of stories like that. And you won't have those stories if you never take the drum with you into the environment. That I'm 100% certain of, you know? And so I, I say to people, I know that we are carrying, we feel like we are lugging too much stuff around. We are like a human mule and we got all this equipment and we can't, you know, I can't take it. I, I'm already carrying this, that, and the other thing. I said, please take a 14-inch frame drum or an ocean drum with you, put it in a cymbal case. It will add two to three pounds to your load and offer you a world of possibilities that have been untapped previously. You're listening to the Music Therapy Chronicles, a podcast about music therapy from a variety of perspectives. Our ambition is to inspire and connect listeners through meaningful conversations, just like a music therapy conference you can listen to anywhere. My name is Trisha Coyote, and I am a board-certified music therapist from the New England region. If you like what you hear, join our group on Facebook and share your own insights and thoughts about the episodes. You can also connect with us on social media and online at Music Therapy Chronicles. Welcome back to the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast and part two of my conversation with Carolyn Keeble. I hope last week's episode left you feeling invigorated and inspired, ready to learn, and also hear the rest of this conversation. Uh, In this episode, we dive more into impactful experiences that she's had on her journey of studying global percussion and some more ways that we as clinicians can incorporate these instruments, these practices, these teachings into our work. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as you enjoyed the last one. Just in case you missed last week's episode, first you should go back and listen to it. But Carolyn recently released an e-course with Music Therapy Ed, so definitely check that out. She has other continuing education offerings as well. She's part of the Music Therapy Drumming Community which is an awesome resource. And she also has some great recorded music that you can use personally or professionally. All of that will obviously be linked in the show notes for you to find. Also linked in the show notes is our Patreon page. Patreon is a great way for you to support the podcast. And patrons have the exclusive opportunity of asking guest questions. So if you have a question you've always wanted to ask a guest, Feel free to request that guest, become a patron, and ask them all your questions. You can also support the podcast by subscribing to the show so that it is automatically downloaded to your device each week when the episode comes out. Please also consider leaving us a review and following us on social media. We are at Music Therapy Chronicles. All right. 
Let's get into this conversation with Carolyn. So you, you threw out a lot of things and like, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to, for the world to open up and to go on these retreats and to travel and all these things. In all of the traveling you've done, yeah. all the teaching <laughs> and, and the learning and the people you've met, are there any like really salient experiences you've had that just have totally reshaped, you know, your practice, the way you see the world, any of that, some of your favorite experiences? I think every experience I've had has reshaped me mm. endlessly. So every trip I took, you know, as a study trip um, was a cultural immersion experience. And I, I will say that I purposely have chosen and made great efforts to travel as a non-tourist. Mm. I wanted to have the most typical kind of experience I could. So I've been able to connect with people and teachers and experiences that took me into some very deep places of discomfort and unfamiliarity. Mm. As a, you know, privileged white Westerner, I, you know, had no access to these kind of experiences, no, no personal up close encounters with how so many people on our planet are living with so very little and how they maximize fully and do so many things with drum and dance and music and song to emancipate and liberate their spirits and to stay well and healthy and, you know, to have this incredible positive attitude about life with so much less than we think we need here in the Western world. Mm -hmm. And that has just taught me endless gratitude and humility and, uh, you know, encouraged me in my own ways to do as much to support other people's, you know, ability to, to have access to things that they, that they don't necessarily have and to work and collaborate as much as possible with, with BIPOC individuals in the music and arts community who I see are incredibly talented and have so much to offer the world, but they are, you know, held back by the, the systems and the, the issues that we have deeply ingrained in our society here. And if I can be a partner and a collaborator and a, a liaison to help emancipate their situation, you know, and to bring their power into the forefront and to be able to, you know, watch them thrive and grow. And then all the ripples that that sends out into our world that encourage other people who see that they need to see role models, right? We, we mm -hmm. need to have role models from every perspective to help encourage the next generations and, you know, just because of the things I've studied and, and participated in, travel has put me in the minority position on nearly every occasion. And that was such an important experience to have. And one in which I needed to accept whatever was offered to me. You know, I, I can say, you know, for, 
for health reasons and my own path that I was on in my early 20s, I decided, okay, you know, I'm, uh, I'm going to be a vegetarian for a period of time. You know, I thought this was going to be my lifetime after I, after I left my, uh, my childhood home and could have my own autonomy and choose my own health practices and nutrition, this is my choice. And then when I was traveling, you know, I immediately realized within like less than 24 hours that that was not something I could travel with. Mm. That that for me, I was like, I cannot impose this on my host who invited me here and they want me to experience this traditional culture that I said I want to experience. I mm. came here and I say, I want to taste the local food. I want to understand what, what life looks like, what life feels like on a daily basis for for the people here and why drum and dance is so strong and vibrant. You know, it gave me the context for the role it plays within that culture and society. And that meant, you know, that if I went to a sacred ceremony and they sacrificed the goat, and then if the goat was prepared and that was part of, of our celebration and ritual that evening, I'm not going to say no thank you. I'm not going to say, can I get a salad? You know, this was just ridiculous. And it just like, it really set me straight quickly. And I'm glad I did that early on because then I was like, okay, you know what? Life has to be that of a flexitarian, you know, mm. for my, for me to feel respectful to the people who are sharing so much with me. And this is so important to, to our relationship and to not cause insult or injury and disrespect of what is part of, of their cultural practice and way of life. So I can just say, you know, over and over again, that was part of, of my experience and taught me so much, you know, profound, profoundly shifted me. Yeah. What a catalyst world drumming, studying world drumming can be. Mm. Yes. Yes. From my relatively limited in comparison education with world drumming um it seems to me that these uh i don't want to say underprivileged but like you said we we are westernized we're very privileged and different cultures are not they don't have the same things we have and from what i've seen those are the cultures where music is so embedded in their life and those are the cultures where it can be difficult to explain what our idea of music therapy is because um, it's just part of their life. It, it, does, it doesn't have to have this, this scientific, neurological, they don't need that explanation. They just see it and experience it every day. And um, how our lifestyle has, has taken that away uh, from our experience in so many ways. I, I absolutely would agree. And I don't, I don't have much else to say on that <laughs> topic other than we've, compart we've compartmentalized it here. Mm. And we imposed the concept of the performer and the audience. Mm. And we put a stage up and we separated these two worlds. And there is, you know, the, the, the it's just not like that other places. It's so much more fluid. It's so much more integrated and continuous. And we, you know, we talk about it sometimes in the context of like the call and response phenomena that, 
that the audience becomes part of the performance. You know, it's one continuum in many traditional cultures and society where they have they have regular and ongoing community ritual and celebration and events and parades that are so much different than our idea of a parade. You know, the the occasions where where I sort of stumbled onto you know, a, a series of musicians and pro processionals and, and things that are happening and everybody just kind of joins in and you can't tell who's in the parade. The whole thing is is the celebration and everybody is included. And I, that's, that's absolutely part of my philosophy, you know, and, and drives me. I believe that everyone needs to be included. And one of the functions of music therapy is to give music back to mm. everybody, to give access to it, to the expressive capacity of it, to the people that we serve and interact with, whether we're working in wellness or whether we're working with individuals, you know, of varying circumstance, you know, for whom music is a, is a tool of reintegration and accessing wholeness and expressing the music child the way that Clive Robbins talked about it, that we all have that music child in us and tapping into it and facilitating it is so much what we can do as music therapists. And it's amazing that we've been able to do as much brain mapping as we have and to understand that there's also this other level of work and rehabilitation we can do because of neuroplasticity and all of the tools we have and work with in music and rhythm and melody and prosody and all of this content that's innate to music is the number one thing that can repair and restore and rebuild our brain's complex neurology. So that's amazing. It absolutely is. But at the same time, yes, all of this other stuff is still the heart and soul of music therapy, too. And it's super duper important. And I'm glad that, that there are so many of us who do music therapy in authentic and unique ways mm. among our profession. And I'm sorry it causes uh, conflict and, and the need to defend when I... I truly feel at peace that there's room in this world for everyone, that everything we're doing is needed. And it's great that we're all called to do the work in our individual areas of specialty and focus and interest. And that when we come together, like at the recent virtual World Congress, you know, that you could see such diversity on a planetary level of how music therapists are working because no music therapy in other parts of the world cannot mirror identically what we've decided mm. in Western society that it looks like that just does, it's nonsensical and there's no reason to, I, I just feel there's no reason to quibble over it. It's about humility and honoring and respecting the inherent wisdom that it contains and how that functions for different groups of people. Yeah. I could talk about this all day, but I want to be respectful of your time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, 
Goodness. Okay. Are there any other topics you want to get into before we wrap up with our rapid fire questions? Woo. Oh, rapid fire questions. I don't, I'm not even ready for that. Uh, the, all those are about I you. So there's just no wrong say, answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. I would just say, you know, one, one interesting question people do ask me because of my involvement with hospice for uh, a fair amount of my professional career at this point is, you know, they, they get kind of a, a puzzled expression and they say, well, I mean, do you play drum? And I say, I play music for people at end of life. Yes, I do. And the drum is a powerful accompaniment tool. Mm -hmm. And there are many people I meet with diverse cultural backgrounds and absolutely diverse faith traditions for whom drums and percussion are, are very, very congruent with their experience and how they're used to receiving the music that's meaningful for them. So that's where the, the drum, a frame drum, is an awesome, awesome accompaniment instrument for singing and for chanting. And for some individuals who are still, you know, at a higher functioning level and are not bedbound necessarily, you know, they're still actively engaged and we're playing music and creating music and expressing together. My client from Venezuela would just drum her heart out when I went to visit her and her daughters would just beam and make videos and tell stories. And they just said, you know, mom was a wonderful dancer. And at this stage of her life, she was in a wheelchair. She couldn't express by dancing, but she could dance on the drum with her hands. And this is not something she did in her life. She was not sitting around playing the drums a lot in her younger years. But when I met her and I thought, okay, who is this client? What music is going to speak to her? I am not well versed in the traditional music of, of her background and where she grew up, but I can speak to her through the language of rhythm, which is inherent and paramount in the music that she loves. And she would just jam. It was amazing. And I, you know, I can only say if I had not included that in our sessions together, it would have been very different. The whole thing, the, the way in which it connected with her and the meaning that it brought to that experience for her family, and for me and for her and the whole situation, you know, was deeply enhanced because we included drums and percussion in what we were doing. And I have dozens upon hundreds of stories like that and you won't have those stories if you never take the drum with you into the environment mm -hmm. that I'm a hundred percent certain of you know and so I, I say to people I know that we are carrying we feel like we are lugging too much stuff around we are like a human mule and we got all this <laughs> equipment and we can't you know I can't take it I, I'm already carrying this that and the other thing I said please take a 14 inch frame drum or an ocean drum with you, put it in a cymbal case. It will add two to three pounds to your load and offer you a world of possibilities that have been untapped previously. And after you try it a few times, if you find no value in it, then leave it in your car and carry on. But please present the stimulus, you know, give the opportunity to see if something else is available and if another space opens up. Because I will tell you that 
plenty of music therapists express issues related to burnout. And I'm very, very convinced that one of the ways we can ward that off is to continue to introduce new content into what we're doing and to offer these novelty stimulus experiences that tell us where to go next. Mm, what a good one. I think we we think about that for our clients, right? Offering new experience and a new experience for them isn't always a new experience for us. So that's a great way to uh, to frame sure. it. No pun intended, but to frame it that like you need that too to keep your hey. practice going. <laughs> Right. Indeed. Beautiful. All right. Do you feel ready for the rapid fire? <laughs> I'll, I'll try. I'll do my best. Do I get to do, can I play or pass? <laughs> uh, sure. I mean, like I said, they're all about you. So there's no wrong answers. Uh, the questions are short, but your answers don't have to be. Okay. All right. The first one is coffee or tea? Both. Early bird or night owl? I do have an explanation. Oh, go ahead. I do have an explanation for coffee or tea, though. Yeah. <laughs> because I ended up, since uh, 2012, I've been teaching and traveling um, quite a lot in China. So I, I started teaching um, percussion workshops and music therapy programming. And then I also did a series of concert tours with a musician I work with out of the East Coast. So we did countless tours and I'm telling you both in my travels to China and Japan, tea and the ritual of the tea ceremony is a sacred cultural rite. Mm. And when you ask for coffee there, they look at you sometimes like you're crazy. Like we have the most amazing tea and that's what we drink here. And I was like, that's right. I'm, 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 I'm ridiculous. I want to drink the tea too. And I had like no idea the world of tea. And now I'm a tea drinker and of a very different style than dipping Earl Grey or Lipton into a cup and calling it good. <laughs> yeah. I learned about flower teas and loose leaf teas and the art of tea and the incredible fragrance and experience of it. So just mm -hmm. like another example of, you know, how that completely shifted my attitude about tea, yeah. you know, in a huge, huge way. So <laughs> your next question is also yes. I think you said like night owl or early bird. Yeah, good memory. So yes, it's, uh, it's whatever the situation requires. Sometimes mm -hmm. it requires both. You know, I've been involved with many different <laughs> kinds of, uh, I have kind of a composite career. So sometimes I'm out performing until 2am, I get home at three or three 30, but then I have to teach the next morning. Or I said yes to a church gig that I have to wake up at 7am for. And I think in my, you know, in my mind, I'm like, why did I do this? <laughs> and I realized, well, I didn't mean, I didn't, I didn't exactly mean to, it's that I agreed to the one like 10 months ago yeah. and I agreed to the other one and I didn't turn the page and see that they were like on the same, you know, 24 hour period or something. So I've, you know, I just kind of had to learn to, to roll with it because it's all something I, I want to do. It means something to me. And while I'm doing it, I'm so glad I'm doing it that 
that I just like, okay, you know, sometimes you don't get as much sleep as you would have preferred, but the payoff is, is totally worth it. Well said. All right. Something you would tell your younger self. Oh, gosh. Um, I would have done study abroad in college instead of like afterwards. I just, you know, or in high school. Gosh, that would have been amazing. You know, it's just sort of like uh, I was so glad that I finally started traveling when I did because it wasn't it wasn't something that uh, was instilled in me. You know, it's not something my family values or engages in. But for my particular areas of interest and vocation, it has always felt incredibly essential. And I let, I suppose I I waited a little longer than I would have by asking permission instead of asking forgiveness. So that is the key thing, you know, that I would have said to the younger self is like forge onward and ask forgiveness. Don't ask permission for the things that feel really, really important and feel really right that you know you need to move towards. Good one. Your music therapy elevator speech. I take the stairs. (laughs) You get out of a lot of, (laughs) you get out of a lot of speeches that way. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Mm. That's my answer. All right. That's fine. That's fine. I'll take that. That's the first time I've had that response. (laughs) Your favorite self-care practice. Oh, man. I I have two. In the warm season, it's lake swimming Mm -hmm. outside. And the rest of the time, it's, you know, it's staying involved with, with drumming. Actually, like Tycho is a amazing self-care practice especially through the stagnancy of winter months and I don't like to be cold outdoors so finding something active indoors that does not require me to be in um, an enclosed space full of TVs and machines and stuff Mm. I'm not motivated by that so I have to I have to find other things that feel just much more you know organic and and authentic and reasonable. I can't make myself do something I don't want to do. So playing drums is, you know, much easier than going to a gym. Mm. Something that is currently adding value to your life. Oh, gosh. I mean, right now it's summer and I live in a place where <laughs> I value the season. So it, mm-hmm. it refers back to the previous statement that when I can can swim and be outside and, you know, kind of just merge with nature, that adds great, great value to my experience. So that is my that's really my priority, like May through October is I just carve out time every day if it means I get up at seven or it means I swim at dusk with the bats or you know come come home on lunch break in between uh you know client stops or something and and make sure that it's it's part of my day because it just it just does something it sets me right you know 
I've been to Kalamazoo a couple times in the summer, and it's I remember very hot sunshine and sometimes some wind. <laughs> yeah, we get that. Your favorite intervention or song to use in a session? Oh, gosh. That's a... Uh... I don't know if I have an answer to that anymore. Even my clients say, what's your favorite song? And I said, today? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Oh, man. I don't, I don't necessarily have a favorite anymore because I'm, you know, I think with, with hospice, we have, um, you know, a broad range of individuals. Mm -hmm. I will say a song that, that I share sometimes, even though it's not requested, when I'm working with some of my elder care clients is, uh, what's it called? When you come to the end of the day, an old, old tune, maybe from the twenties at the earliest. And, you know, just a, a song about, it, it, it's gotta be a song that just has the right outlook and perspective on life that people will relate to because the message in and of itself is is just powerful and they say that is a beautiful song but they've never met the song before mm. so i've got a couple of songs like that uh i also like the the porter wagner song satisfied mind and oh one that i another early big band song the best things in life are free mm. so songs that affirm you know, what really matters in life. Those are, those are my go-tos. I do not sing some of those songs with teenagers, I will admit, because I just, <laughs> I think it's a little slightly unrelatable. So I would need to find, you know, find something a little more in their uh, preferred genre and, and vibe to, to kind of convey, to convey something similar. For them, I, I have a couple of chants that basically focus on finding finding your heart song and speaking your truth and living your truth. So, you know, just, I have a few go-tos that I would say are, are positive affirmations that I hope the message of the lyrics will, will sink in as the melody stays with them. And they, after the fact, maybe they still sing it to themselves and they hear those words again. Mm. And something about that helps them, you know, stay strong and, and find hope on dark days. Dirt days. Good way to say that. All right. The last question is, how can the listeners find you and connect with you? I think it's it's reasonably easy to do. I do use uh, Facebook, which I don't love, but it is a, a great platform for connecting. And other than that, I do have a website. You can you can visit me there and send me an email off that platform, Carolyn Keeble, K-O-E-B-E-L dot com. My contact info and email is there. If you have, you know, specific follow-up questions, thoughts, or interests, I did have a, a music therapist lately email me and ask if we could do some virtual lessons together. And I have to say I, I don't teach just anyone. I, mm. you know, have to kind of manage my time in a reasonable way and I don't want to teach people to um I don't teach drummers how to get chops for instruments I want to teach people 
who wish to develop their own relationship to the drum mm. for a variety of, of personal and professional reasons for themselves. So it's those kind of individuals when they reach out and say, you know, I really want to incorporate the frame drum into my work in such and such setting. You know, would you be willing to to do some coaching with me to, you know, help me move towards that goal? And that's like number one, yes. And then when some random person says, oh man, that was sweet. Can you show me how to do that? I was like, no, actually I'm not available. <laughs> I just, I don't have time and that's not what the world needs. So we're, mm-hmm. the world needs something more than you to have these particular fast chops on an Arabic drum. You know, if I have a sense from you that of what you want to do with this, that I feel is powerful and transformative, I want to help you. I want to be an ally and I want to work with you to, to move in that direction. And um, I, I make tons of recordings, performing and playing music with other humans and creating improvised music for movement and dance are big, big parts of my life passion. And I have a band camp page, carolynkeeble.com, with two projects I did for Honoring the Passage, um, a celebration of music therapy voices who work in hospice therapy and, and end of life care. So lots of incredibly stirring music and supportive music for, for that time, both for the clinician and for the, the individuals we serve. So both those projects are there and I really you know, value them above almost anything else I've done. And a lot of uh, just personal music and collective music is there. Great music for moving, for relaxation, and just transcendence. So those are those are ways to to track me down. And I have some material on the music therapy drumming website, and we continue to stay active as a cohort and and community with that. And upcoming classes with music therapy ed on drumming and singing with uh, the cone drum and my class from. Uh, just a few weeks ago is active on there for for the months ahead you can go and view it as a recorded class with the frame drum so incorporating the frame drum into your work and adding song so these are things that like I said have been central in my own synthesis and development with percussion drums percussion in music therapy and giving it a place alongside guitar and piano in our in our toolkit absolutely Awesome. I will link all of those things so the listeners can easily find them. Thank you so much for making the time to to talk with me today. I really enjoyed our conversation. Awesome. I appreciate you doing this. Of course. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Nice sunny day there and a good weekend. Yeah, you too. (laughs) Thanks so much. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed parts one and two of my conversation with Carolyn. I hope you have lots of wonderful tips that you've taken away from this episode and many others uh, that you're excited to incorporate them into your clinical practice, whatever that may look like right now. 
If you're looking for a way to support the show, you can obviously subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, find us on social media, and consider becoming a patron on patreon.com. As always, patrons have the exclusive opportunity to ask guests ask (laughs) talking ask guest questions um and maybe there's someone special you want on the show and that would be your opportunity to ask them all the questions you've had also definitely follow us on social media because we have some awesome things going on behind the scenes cooking up some really great things for you the listeners and in order to be aware of and involved in that social media right now is the best place to follow along so thank you to those of you who already follow um thank you to the patrons and thank you to you for making the time to listen to this week's episode our quote this week again comes from rumi the quieter you become the more you are able to hear (laughs) 